0: thanks for listening to the history buff podcast with your resident history buff and berlin tour guide arty if you're enjoying the podcast then you can really really help us by liking and sharing the episodes on social media and rating the podcast on your streaming platform if you would like to see more history buff content then please give us a follow on instagram tiktok and youtube links are in the show notes thank you for your support And in today's episode, I'm very excited to be launching a mini series about Ukraine's history called Ukraine's Story. Given the current situation with the war in Ukraine, I think it's very important for us to learn about Ukraine's history. The historical narrative of Eastern Europe is very dominated by that of Russia and of Russian history, and whilst I do find Russian history fascinating, as do a lot of people, and I'll definitely do episodes on Russian history at a later date. I wanted to first get Ukraine's story out into the world. I'm going to be as objective as possible. That's my job as a historian. Well, wannabe historian. And so, yeah, the first episode is about Kievan Rus. Now, just starting with a bit of background, people often define Eastern European history through the Soviets, and the Tsars, but it's important to remember that there was a time before all of this. This was an era of ferocious Viking warriors, tough Slavic tribesmen, and nomadic clans from the steppe. Now, there have obviously been settlements on the territory of present-day Ukraine for thousands of years, but I'm going to start here in Kievan Rus because it's really considered the first eastern Slavic state. It emerged in Eastern Europe, primarily in present-day Ukraine, in the late 9th century. And it was founded by Eastern Slavic tribes, the Rus people. And it was founded around the city of Kiev, which became the capital of the Rus state. The Rus people were an ancient tribe whose name was actually then given to Russia and Belarus. There is some debate about where they come from. Some believe they were of Scandinavian Viking origin, and others believe that they were a southeastern Slavic tribe. This is partly because its peoples consisted of not just Eastern Slavs, but also of Norse and Finnic peoples. However, what is beyond doubt is that the Rus indeed founded this first Eastern Slavic state. Kievan Rus was founded in 882 by the Viking Oleg ruler of novgorod after he conquered the cities of smolensk and kiev the latter of which became the capital of the new kingdom kiev rus is often thought of as actually the first eastern slavic empire in inverted commas as its territory was the largest in europe at the time or one of the largest in europe at the time it stretched all the way from the gulf of finland in the north with cities like novgorod being used for trade down to the region of Galicia Volinya in present day southwestern Ukraine. The capital Kiev was centrally located on the Dnipro River, and the kingdom stretched far beyond this to the northwest to the areas between the Volga and Oka rivers, which would actually eventually form the heartlands of the Muscovy state, which itself was a precursor to the Russian state. The rulers of Kiev and Rus were known as Grand Princes. There were two rulers that are of particular historical interest, and these are Volodymyr the Great, who ruled from 980 to 1015, and Yaroslav the Wise, who ruled from 1019 to 1054. Volodymyr had been designated to rule Kiev by his father, Sviatoslav I, but was forced to flee to Scandinavia in 976 after a fratricidal war resulted in his brother Yaropolk murdering his older brother Oleg of Drelinia and becoming the sole ruler of Rus. In Sweden, Volodymyr assembled an army along with the help of the Norwegian ruler Hakon Sigurdsson and reconquered Novgorod from Yaropolk. Volodymyr then consolidated the Rus realm to the Baltic Sea and solidified the borders against incursion from other Baltic and Slavic tribes. He then Christianized Kiev and Rus after converting to Christianity in 988, which I will talk about more later in this episode. Yaroslav the Wise was a son of Volodymyr the Great and was originally vice-regent of Novgorod at the time of his father's death in 1015. His elder brother Sviatopolk then killed three of his other brothers and seized power in Kiev. Yaroslav, with the help of Viking mercenaries, then defeated Sviatopolk and became Grand Prince in 1019. He then consolidated the Kievan state through cultural and administrative improvements and successful military campaigns. He set in motion the eastward march of Eastern Orthodoxy by translating Greek religious texts into the Slavic language and founded churches and monasteries. He fortified and built up Kiev, using Byzantine influences, building the majestic Cathedral of St. Sophia and the Golden Gate of Kievan Fortress. Through princely decrees and statutes, he Yaroslav also initiated what would become the basis of early Russian law and pursued active foreign policy, maintaining diplomatic relations with other European states. Because of the many peoples encompassed within its expansive territories, Kievan rules had a rich and varied culture. However, one of the prime influences on Kievan culture was the Byzantine Empire which was a continuation of the Roman Empire in its eastern provinces, namely surrounding the Aegean Sea in present-day Greece and Turkey, with its capital being Constantinople. This can be seen with the appearance of a lot of stone and brick architecture that appeared during the Kievan Rus. The buildings that have survived are mainly religious buildings and castles, such as the St. Michael of Archangel Church in Smolensk, and the original design of the St Sophia Cathedral in Kiev, which fell into disrepair and was reconstructed in a different style in the centuries afterwards. Trade was also very important in the Kievan Rus, as the important Varangian route, which connected the Baltic Sea with the Black Sea, ran right through the middle of the kingdom. Kievan Rus therefore became a hub for trade, with goods from all over Eastern Europe passing through its territory, including furs, salt, and metals. Kyiv, strategically located on the Dnieper River, therefore became an extremely important city, wielding significant political, economic, cultural, and religious influence in the region. Now, the Christianization of Kievan Rus was one of the defining moments of Eastern Slavic history. Despite the best efforts of the Orthodox Patriarch in Constantinople, Kievan Rus actually remained firmly Slavic pagan until Volodymyr the Great. Volodymyr wanted to create a sense of unity and common identity amongst the peoples of Rus, and this was very difficult to do with Slavic paganism because of its decentralized nature and with different sets of beliefs and gods from tribe to tribe. Volodymyr therefore wanted a new centralized and organized religion for Kievan Rus in order to help foster a sense of identity and unity. In 986, he actually met with representatives from several religions, including Jews and Muslims. When Volodymyr met the Muslim Bulgarians of the Volga, he is reported to have found Islam unsuitable due to the custom of circumcision of baby boys and taboos against alcohol and pork. And he is actually said to have remarked, But drinking is the joy of Rus! He also ultimately rejected Judaism, believing that their loss of Jerusalem was evidence of their abandonment by God. After consulting widely and sending envoys to neighbouring regions, Volodymyr carefully considered the various religions before him. He found that the Muslims of Bulgaria had no joy and the churches of Germany were gloomy and had no beauty. However, at the Hagia Sophia in Constantinople, which was back then a Christian cathedral, not a mosque, he found the beauty and colourful ritual of the Byzantine church. This is what he ultimately chose as the unifying religion for his kingdom of Rus and he was subsequently baptised in the Dnipro River in Kiev along with many of his subjects in 988. This marked the beginning of the Eastern Orthodox Church's long march eastward, eventually coming to cover the whole of present-day Russia. At its peak in the 11th and 12th centuries, Kievan Rus was one of the most, if not the most, powerful political entities in Europe. This was not to last, however. In the 13th century, Kievan Rus was invaded by the Mongols, a nomadic people who originated from what is present-day Mongolia, and led by Genghis Khan's grandson, Batu Khan. The Mongols sacked and destroyed many cities and towns in the kingdom, devastating its political and economic infrastructure along with its influence. The siege of Kiev in 1240 is generally considered to mark the end of the Kievan Rus era, with the kingdom being broken up into smaller independent states, which the Mongols incorporated into their empire. The Mongols went on to rule the region for the next couple of centuries, but I shall talk more about that in the next episode, which will be about the Mongol era. Despite Kievan Rus's Rus' sudden fall, it remains an integral part of the history and culture of Eastern Europe. Its legacy can be seen in the modern states that emerge from its territory, Ukraine, Russia and Belarus. The Russian Orthodox Church also has its origins in Kievan Rus, originally forming part of the Eastern Orthodox Church, which was centred in Constantinople, and only gained independence as its own patriarchate in the 16th century. I hope you found this interesting and enlightening. Keep checking back on the History Buffs page as I will be continuing this mini-series about Ukraine with the next episode focusing on the Mongol rule of the region. Thanks very much for joining me, and until next time, Slavo Ukraini, and goodbye.